Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 18 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we hope to bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. Indeed, we do. Well, welcome back, guys. Uh, We've got a great podcast for you today, a great episode. Um, We're talking about drawing people in. And I have a degree in marketing, and I think about all the different ploys and ways that we can draw people in or get people into a store or into an event. And I kind of wrestle because a lot of the different ways that we can draw people in aren't necessarily Jesus-based, Jesus-related. So I'd kind of like us to wrestle with that. Is that okay? Can we we justify it? Do the ends justify the means? Yeah. Are we supposed to be like purists, you know, and not offer any kind of incentive or, I don't know, marketing to get people in? And it's just because they love Jesus and want to know more. That's the only reason that they come. Or are we supposed to employ some other tactics to, to get people in? Well, Matt, what if I don't know Jesus? then how is Jesus supposed to be the thing that gets me through the door? Because you see your friends who love Jesus and you want to be like them. And there's something about them that draws you in, right? Uh, so that's, that you, would be the purest way, I think, of, of doing that. I don't think you knew me when I was younger. I have this old phrase from when I was a kid, friends are like trampolines. I've always wanted a trampoline. <laughs> you have no friends. I had and no f- apparently you never saw a Christians around your school who seemed oh, I, joyous. I went to a Catholic school, so yeah, it was a little bit difficult at times. So um, <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about this. Wow. What are some of the ways? Are we just going to skip over that burn? <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, well, it's a burn on you too because you're my closest friend right now on the podcast. So <laughs> Apparently, I'm not a friend. I'm okay. just a trampoline you wish you had. I... <laughs> I wish I had a trampoline. I don't have any trampolines. I've always wanted one, just like I've always wanted a friend. Okay, moving along. Uh, this is not a good way to draw people in, but uh, what are some different ways that we can draw people in, right? Okay, we can do giveaways. Like I've seen youth ministry programs that give away an iPad. Not every week, sure. but they give away an iPad or like a lot of gift cards. A friend of mine has a, a, a spinning wheel. Like he literally has like a, every week he's able to spin it and, and give people – and even – Giveaways like discounts to retreats and, and, and different ministry events, which I think is a pretty cool idea. Yeah, um, that's a way a way to bring people in is that they know that there's a chance that every time they come, they may get something for being there. Right. Like a physical, tangible thing or, you know, a discount towards something. And then we move on to food. And our buddy Michael, who was on the show a couple episodes ago, he actually uh, talked to a Chick-fil-A and was able to get them a, a, a card that said free milkshakes for a year. So they wow. could every single day go to, to the Chick-fil-A and get a milkshake for free. And that was one of the giveaways he did. But food is another big giveaway. Like, let's feed them. If you feed them, they will come. Yeah. So why do, why do people come to your events? You know, because you give them stuff, because you give them free food. So they come for the free, free stuff is one way to get people in. Right. Like, what are the pros and cons of that? Of giving away free stuff? Sure. Well, I think one of the cons is it's, it's expensive. Right. Or it could be. And then the question is, is is it cost effective? Right. Because I think it's okay for the Catholic Church to have a marketing budget. Yep. Right. But then you have to look at it. Well, what if that takes away from your scholarship budget? So let's say you're leading a retreat and the retreat costs money. And now you've spent so much money drawing people in with giveaways that you can't subsidize the retreat to allow some people with lower income to attend the retreat. And so how do you justify that? Yeah, I mean, but then if you didn't give the giveaway away, you wouldn't have as many people to potentially give scholarships to. 
the chicken and the egg. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So another con is in, in a way they're, I mean, they're there for the wrong reason. And this may be a con for a lot of the things we're going to be talking about, you know, is the, the initial reason why they walk through the door isn't necessarily in line with the mission of the program, right? Yes. Yeah, well, you know? I agree. It's except, except for the tension that exists that we're called to reach all people, not just people that want to be there. In that sense of mission, we don't need to preach to the choir as much as we need to preach to everyone else. So it's, I mean, it's a con in a way, but it's a con that, like, that we know of, or it's a hurdle that we know about. So we know that people are coming to our, like, if we start, if we give away things, we know that there are people that are there just for the stuff, right? And so knowing that, we can address that in our programming in, in a way. Like, we, we know that there are people that are there for, you know, the stuff. So we need to, while they're there, inspire them to come back because of Jesus, you know, or for another reason. Right. Or, or, or draw, draw them deeper because of it. And so if giveaways or if we're doing things like that to draw them in, we have to keep in mind there need to be intentional on-ramps to keep them in, right? Because it'd be pretty expensive to have to give away an iPad every single week if yeah. you have a regular ministry that's meeting, right? But, hey, but if you did that, you know, you'd look really good to your pastor because you'd have a whole lot of people coming. <laughs> yeah, you right. Would. You could. Like your, yeah. your numbers would be great. Yeah. Yep. You know, and so what's our motivation? <laughs> numbers or conversions? That con of them coming in for the wrong reason is part of a pro, you know, because you, you get people that you wouldn't normally get. Right. You know, to come, you know, and that's outreach. That's, you know, part of evangelization is getting them there, you know, getting in front of them. So that's a benefit of giveaways. Right. But stuff allows the people, like the attendees, an excuse to invite a friend. You know, so it, it, it's still in line with, you know, it gets more people than would normally be there. But there's a, a specificity to this. Like, because if I, as a young person or someone who goes to an event, want to invite a friend, then on a night when I know that they're going to be giving away something, it gives me an excuse to invite my friend to say, hey, I know you know church isn't really your thing, but tonight they're giving away an iPad. You got a chance to win an iPad. You should come. So it even gives the people that are attending a chance to do outreach beyond like just the, the people that hear about it directly. You know what? And another pro along with that would be that if someone does win it, whatever it is, like I'm thinking if it's a t-shirt, every time they put on that t-shirt, they know that they got that from the church. Yeah. Right. And so it's a take home, like n not like a handout or something like that, but it is a takeaway where they, they are like, yes, I got this gift card. And when I spend it, I'm going to have to think about where it came from. And that's going to be the church. And that's an exciting thing, too, is because then when they're not at the, the building or the structure or the parish, they're going to be thinking about the, the church. Yeah. So the long term effect of what you give away actually matters. So the, the milkshakes that you're talking about, every time that they go to get a milkshake, they think, oh, hey, the, I get this because of the youth group. Right. And, and again, there's potential there for them to share, like, how did you get this free milkshake for a year thing? And then that's a chance for them to share. I got it from the youth group. Yeah. You know, so or whatever it was. So cool. Moving on. Uh, another way to draw people in, like you just said, requirements or obligation. Yes. So this, you know, this kind of goes across, yeah, I guess, all areas. You know, if you want to get married. There are requirements to get married within the Catholic Church. If you want to get confirmed, there are requirements to get confirmed. 
if you want to you know become a member of the church through our CIA there are requirements all the sacraments have requirements and even like just the general catholic has an obligation to go every sunday right like if you want to get to heaven there are requirements <laughs> yeah. right it's it, it's it's hard there's this weird tension because like even mass is a holy day of obligation yeah but the deeper yes is what we want people to be drawn in by Right mm-hmm. when they, when they come, we want them to be drawn in by "I want to encounter Jesus," both at our programs and or, or ministries and at the liturgy at the mass. But sometimes that that old Catholic guilt is what gets people through the door in order for Jesus to uh, to hit their hearts. Yeah. So, what are the pros and cons of requirements and obligation? It gets people there. There's a pro. My, uh, the parent meetings that we have that are required parent meetings, people show up. Yeah. But. They're not as into being ministered to as much as give me the information that I need to help my son or daughter succeed in the sacramental prep and then get me out the door. Like you have 45 minutes to an hour and then anything beyond that better be Q&A where I can sneak out the back. Yeah. And that pro, if if you're going through a sacrament, you know, then you need to learn what it is that you're being a part of. Now, we would want everyone to want to be there. You know, to want to be fully formed before they receive the sacrament. But sometimes that desire is not there. So then you have you have to require it so that they get the formation. So the benefit, the pro, is the formation that they get. Right. You know, but so- here's a drawback. Have you ever uh, been to a prayer service or like a praise and worship or a mass where it was kind of, you could tell that half the room didn't want to be there? Mm-hmm. And, or Absolutely. like you're saying... You're saying a rosary. I've, I've seen this sometimes when I go to a Catholic school mass, you know, and you can tell like half the kids there are just like dressed up in ties that day. Oh, and they Catholic don't school masses are the worst. It's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's still mass, but it's it's hard. Yeah. And then on the flip side, at the end of a conference or something like that, where everyone by that point is like on fire for being there, and and we pray closing liturgy together, and it's just like amazing, right? And so what would it look like if parent meetings occurred and only people who wanted to be there were there? Like, it would be pretty dynamic, super engaging and things like that. So one of the drawbacks is, is when people don't want to be there and they're required to be there, you can kind of tell. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely affects. So that's a a con. You know, it affects the mood of the room that you're in. Or the depth that you can journey. Sure. If half the people that are there don't want to be there, then the response or the receptivity of the the crowd is less than enthusiastic right <laughs> so it makes it even harder for you and then and then all the people in the room feel that as well so even the people that are enthusiastic they get that they get influenced by those people that aren't Yes. And that's that's when I when I say, you know, that <laughs> mass at Catholic schools suck. You know, it's it's not the mass itself, because I, I get I know what the mass is. Right. But I feel the lack of enthusiasm from over half of the students because they they're required to be there or whatever reason. And I even feel this at it's at certain times of masses on on the weekend masses. Saturday vigil mass, you know, and then the seven AM mass are are typically the ones that are less than enthusiastic about being there. And I don't They're know not rooting for Jesus. They're rooting for 45 minutes. Like, if we can get out of here in 45 minutes, this is a win. Well, and, and that affects the people that go that want to be there, you know? So that's a, that's a con, you know, is it... And then it makes them less apt to go the next time because they remember how it felt when they went. 
I think it also fosters consumer Catholicism, right? We yeah. want authentic Catholicism. People are there because they want to uh, be enlivened by the mission of the church. Um, but when it's a requirement, they assume like, well, okay, what happens if I don't go? Well, then your child might not be able to, you know, be prepared for. Or what happens if I don't go? Well, you have to attend at least 80% of our sessions in order to be eligible for the sacrament. And so it's like, mm-hmm. if I do this, then I get that. So I'm just going to show up to the required things, and then you're going to give me a sacrament, whether or not I'm properly disposed. Yeah. Because I've, I've seen programs where people sit in the back and literally count the minutes, or if uh, if we don't have a good team of chaperones or whatever, they uh, they stare at their phone or they listen with their little AirPod to whatever they're listening to, and they don't hear a thing of what's going on, but because they're in the room, they check the box, so now they get to receive the sacrament. You know, I'd, I'd love to have a like a, a full episode on requirements, you know, and the pros and cons of requirements with, you know, a, a priest or with other people on, on, because I think we could spend a long time trying to find a solution or talking about ways to resolve that. What we're talking about in this podcast are, are just like kind of the flyover of how we draw people in, you know, so the requirements and obligation is a way that we draw people in. Another way that we draw people in is by getting the right people there as attendees. So I've seen this happen in youth ministry where you try to get the the football star or the cheerleader, you know, some influencer there that everybody's going to be like, oh man, it's this isn't just for nerds. This is for the cool people. <laughs> so I want to be a cool person. So I'm coming. And so when a new video game comes out, they'll pay Ninja, who's a huge streamer, right? To play that game and stream it because he's an influencer, yep. right? Yeah. And so the, when we started talking about this in show prep, I was like, what if we actually paid the captain of the football team to come to our youth program? Like just went and <laughs> said, hey, 50 bucks a night. Like you come to our youth program, <laughs> just be excited to be there. Um, Don't tell may- anybody that we paid you. <laughs> right, right. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll boost it to 75 if you're willing to lift your hands during praise and worship. Right now we're asking them to behavior modify in order. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting idea, but at the same time, it feels slimy. Doesn't that, Absolutely. when I say it that way, it feels totally slimy. So that's, so, I mean, the pros and cons of that, like the people that, that come there are coming because of other people, but not because other people are because those people love Jesus and they can see the conversion in their life. They're coming because that person is cool, you know, right. or because that person is popular. And to be clear, most of those, I've actually never heard of a situation where someone was paid to go to youth group to try and draw people <laughs> in. But there are a lot of times where, you know, the guys are coming because the pretty girl they like is there or their friend is there and they want to, they want to keep hanging out with their friend. And so they're going to come to youth program. I think that's a great way of evangelization because the accompaniment is already built in typically in that, that they have someone that they trust. They've crossed that threshold of trust. Maybe they haven't hit that curiosity level yet, but hopefully that'll happen once they're in the door. Like Jesus can do things when people come come in for the wrong reasons. Jesus can encounter them and change their hearts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So another reason that people come to things is is guilt. Like they feel like they need to be there or they're supposed to be there, which kind of goes along with the whole obligation thing. Right. But it's not like we're holding an obligation on them. It's that they, and maybe it's even, they know what Jesus did. So they feel guilty that they need to do this, you know, in response to that, you know, rather than feeling love and thanksgiving for what he did, they feel guilty and they feel this 
internal sense of obligation. Right. And at the most basic level, I think that there is something that is that is at least a response, right? Christ died for you on the cross. We're supposed to have a response. That response needs to be a lot greater. Like there's deeper levels of response, but at the most surface level, we should at least be like, I need to do something. Right? Jesus yeah. died for me. I need to do something. So this is something. Or if I call myself a Christian, if I call myself Catholic, I need to do something. Yeah. You know, I can't just sit at home every Sunday. That's that's wrong. You know, and that that's that's your conscience. You know, um, that's your soul saying this is where you're supposed to be. <laughs> and the, 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 the pro behind this one is that it's effective. Like, that's the only thing I can really say because there are Catholics who have been coming to Mass out of Catholic guilt for for four, four decades. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 40 yeah. years of their life. And then they encounter Jesus on a personal level. And they, they get super involved. Like, this is why Axe and Chirp are so amazingly popular, because it takes people who have just been culturally Catholic or drawn in because they feel guilty into relationship with Jesus in a personal way. And it it, it, it turns their whole world upside down. It's amazing. Well, and that's the, the tough part is getting that person to commit to something like that. Because someone who's going because they feel guilty may not make that extra commitment to go to retreat. And so things like that, that's, that's, I guess, a con, you know, or something that those of us in ministry leadership need to know is, is that conversion or getting them to, to invest a little bit more than just out of guilt is something we need to focus on. You know, we need to help them transition, make that transition. Right. Or can we leverage that guilt to, uh, to be better, better serving? Right. And so, and, and just you want to guilt them to go to the retreat? Well, right. Exactly. Like, what if we could leverage that same guilt to get them on retreat, get them into what I would consider conversion funnels or conversion engines? And I think retreats are one of the most effective conversion engines that we have in the church, you know, to upset or disrupt their normal routine in order for Christ to come in in a more impactful way. And we've talked about this before. There is a difference between guilt and shame. You know, and so we're not talking about shaming people into coming to something. And if you feel, if someone feels shame and that's why they come, that's totally different and that's wrong. You know, guilt is a normal, like, thing that your conscience does to you to, to get you to do the right thing. But for all of this, there's a sense that if we manipulate people for the sake of Jesus, it's still not okay. Yeah. And you yeah. look at a lot of what marketing does today, and there are some aspects of marketing that are very unethical or manipulative, yeah. right? Even uh, way back in the day when Dale Carnegie came out with that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and it just talks about, like, remember a person's name, smile, um, all these different ways to really build relationship. But some people were like, this book is wrong because it seeks to build relationship in order to get a sale or to close a deal. And that's wrong. It's the, the yeah. do the ends justify the means. And so we have to look at that. And, and that, that there's some real tension there. But at the same time, can we justify manipulating people for the sake of Jesus, right? Or yeah. maybe we need to change our approach yeah. and say, we are seeking to build relationship. And this is one of the ways that we are seeking to build relationship to draw them in. So I want to move on to kind of positive reasons why people come. The sure. quality of your production or programming. I know that there are people that go to mass at a different church in town because the music is better. Right. Because the liturgy is better. Sure. Um, and so that draws people in. The quality of what you do um, draws people in. If every time people come, they see the same thing, the same, I mean, and I'm not talking about mass at this time, you know, the, the same tired 
you know, presenter up there, the same way of doing things, no embellishments, I guess, with regards to environment or anything like that, the same kind of food every single time, then that the quality is not going to attract people to come. But there's also a danger in if it's overproduced, I don't want to say overproduced, but if that becomes your idol, like we want the things to hit, we want the schedule to be hit perfectly, we want this, this, and this to line up without flaw, and if there is a flaw, then we feel like the night has failed, and I've seen ministers walk away from a night that was great, but one or two things didn't go perfectly, and so the whole night was a failure, and they've turned the production into an idol. Well, and even like what I was saying earlier, those people that go to to mass at another church because the music is good, like is it because the music is good or is it because that particular music helps them like glorify God, like helps them pray, you know, or is it just because the music's good? Right. Are they entering into worship or are they going to a concert at a mass? Yeah, is it, has it become entertainment at that point? So uh, another reason, a positive reason that people come is curiosity. They, they see Jesus in their life or they, they're curious about the Catholic Church or they're curious about what it looks like when, when, when you go deeper. So they're coming for kind of a positive reason um, to see what makes this so special or why, why is this different. And for us as ministry leaders, we need to make sure that there is an on-ramp to that, that our programs are welcoming and inviting, especially for those people. Yeah. Um, and then, like, it's we, we say this one last. I, I say this one last because I feel like it is the, like, the, the fewest people come because of this. And that may be, like, pessimistic you know, through this or, like, with this thought, or I may just be realistic. But, you know, the people that come because they love Jesus and they love his church. Right, we want everyone that comes to come for that reason. I, I, maybe not, because we still need, we still want outreach. We still want this whole other group of people, but we want that to be the majority of people that are coming. Is because they they love Jesus. Well, certainly you know? by the end of time, we want everyone to be coming for that <laughs> That's reason. True. Right, like that is the end game right there. Yeah. Um, and I and I don't want to dismiss people that come for combo reasons. Right, there's some yeah. people that are like, I love Jesus, but I got some homework tonight, but I really want to see if I can win that iPad, so I'm going to yeah. go, right? And so the, a lot of people come with a mix. They come bundled with a number of different reasons. And I don't think anyone comes to a church event and hates Jesus. They're like, I just want the iPad, and I'm going to put my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 you know? You do so, remember we talked about the requirement kids, right? But but I don't think that they hate Jesus. <laughs> okay. I think they hate the requirements. Maybe not hate Jesus, but like don't see any reason for him to be in their life. They're mad at their earthly father, not their heavenly father. <laughs> it, it translates. We it all does. know that. <laughs> it does, yeah. So so, um, so, what should we do about this? Like, should we feel guilty about all this? And when Chris and I were, like, talking before the show, obviously, you know, we, we want to look at the master. We want to look at what Jesus did to draw people in. And, and he did, like, I, I won't say he did a lot of this stuff. But it, it, there are a lot of similarities to, to the way that he drew people in, really to what we've described up to this point. Yeah. So what are some of the examples? Well, food, the loaves and the fishes, that's a very basic need that, that Christ met. Presentation. And that was even acknowledged. Like, you, I mean, you came here for earthly food. You know, that was acknowledged in that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, presentation. Like, he was an excellent speaker with the parables and, and things of that nature. Like, he 
was among the people and shared in a way that the people could receive very well. Engaging, dynamic, miracles. He yeah. was miraculous. Yeah. And, and like, would you call those giveaways? I, I, yeah, that's what, that's the best category I could put them in, you know, because it's not like, well, the, that was a really good presentation. That dude just stood up, picked up his mat and went on, you know, the paralytic. Um, yeah. but, but I would say, yeah, giveaways. There was kind of, because at, at that time to have seen a miracle live and to see a miracle live, you know, <laughs> one day only Jesus Christ. Um, like to see a miracle live was something that was like huge and people would yeah. follow him from town to town. To try and catch a glimpse of this wonder worker. Yeah, and sometimes it was because I want this thing or I want this gift. But sometimes it was like, I want to see the power of God moving. And that's something we actually didn't talk about yet. You know, are people drawn in because they see the power of God moving in this ministry and I want to be a part of it. Right. You know, and that may be like a lot of reasons. I mean, that like why people came to follow Jesus is they saw God moving. They saw God doing something, you know, new the Messiah is here, you know, I want to, I want to be a part of that, you know? So, and that's because we were built for mission. That's something that we need to keep in mind as we were literally created for mission. Do our programs reflect that even in the marketing that we do? But it's, it's obvious with, with what he did after he drew them in with the way that he taught, he taught the truth and not everybody wants to hear the truth. Right. And, and he taught authoritatively and people would leave. So obviously not everybody was there because they loved Jesus or, you know, wanted to really commit to his mission, but they, they were there for whatever reason. And then when he like really, you know, started teaching truth, they turned away and walked away and he let the rich leave. man walked away or in the bread of life discourse, uh, a number yeah. of his followers left. Right. They, so he did not, uh, he did not water anything down in order to draw people in. And I think that's an important lesson for us is if we use some of these different marketing techniques to draw people in, we cannot water down the teachings of the the truth, you know, the teachings of Christ. Just to keep them there. Right. Right. That's not why we keep them there. And that's not how we keep them there. And so we need to be okay if they come for an iPad and we don't have an iPad the next Sunday. If they don't come, then that's okay. But we need to be good stewards on that week that they're there for the iPad to allow them to have a deeper yes for the next week to invite them back. Yeah, absolutely. Every time you have a big crowd because of a big draw event, whatever it is, and maybe this is honestly every weekend, there needs to be something that leads to conversion. There needs to be some truth that they can respond to like like Jesus did. I mean, that's what he did with everybody that came to him. And it was challenging at times. So marketing can be at the service of the gospel. Um, Marketing can also be at the service of our ego. Mm. But if we look at what Jesus did, he did not use marketing techniques um, at the service of his ego. He used it at the service of the kingdom. And it's really neat because I think of the food. I think of uh, the, the miracles. All of those actually met deeper needs that people have, even if they were sometimes basic. I'm hungry, so here's food. Or I can't walk, or I'm, I'm I need healing, right? Yeah. And in yep. those meeting of needs, he drew people in. Other people were fascinated by that, and so our ministry needs to be dynamic in a way that it's compelling. And some of these things can draw people in to get them uh, front row at those compelling pieces. But we have to remember that the biggest reason, like we were created by God and we were created for God, and if we don't showcase that, if all we showcase is something that Steve Jobs made then we might be doing a disservice 
So how can we use the different marketing things to draw them into a deeper yes? So you just said something that really uh, raised a question in my head. So Jesus was drawing people in by meeting needs, right? Is an iPad a need? Is, Is that something that's drawing people in because of a need? And is that something that we can use as a measure, you know, to decide whether or not what we're doing is in in line with the mission. So I don't believe that an iPad is a need. I, I mean, I'm, I'm convinced of that. Otherwise, you know, three quarters well, of the world would be in serious need, right? Yeah. Um, does it meet a need? But I think that it does meet a need, right? So I think that we hunger for the for adventure, like the, the adventure of God's will is what we were created for. And there's something exciting about having something, Right. But yeah. there's something more exciting about having someone or encountering someone. So I yeah, I'm think, that, think about this more. Yeah, I yeah, think that's... I think that there's a I think that there's a yes, but not a complete yes, because consumerism, our culture, has created a hunger for um, for stuff, and yeah. so there is definitely a hunger. Is there a need? No, but I think there's a hunger for stuff. It's it's fun to have stuff. I think we're ending this podcast on a a good topic to shift over to to Facebook. You know, it, like what are things that we do that don't meet needs, you know, or, you know, do we need to meet a need um, in, in the way that we draw people in? Right. And can we can we justify an entire night to where it doesn't actually meet deeper needs, but it just stays surfacy like a kickoff yeah. or a parish festival or something like that? Like, is that OK? So let's let's take that discussion over to our Facebook group. Um, you can find it just by searching Ministry Leaders Anonymous. It's a closed group. So just request and Matt and I will approve you getting in. We just want to make sure that the conversation in there is a roundtable discussion that's that's healthy. Yep. So thank you please guys send, so much for joining us today. Please send any feedback that you have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. And take some time to pray this week for other ministry leaders and also for Taylor, who has to edit all of this. <laughs> we will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. And God bless.